everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the... Wednesday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody having a good hump day. First day of the summer semester on campus. We made it through that. All right. Although Drew Drew had to uh, get a break in between in between his busy day on campus and nice. coming in. Yeah. Yeah, we, we were worried. We were worried that uh, I, I might have to run the board again. <laughs> but uh, But no... Fortunately, Drew is here along Wonderful. with Bill and Dan as we sit comfortably on this hot and getting more humid, it seems like, every day afternoon here in the WOW Business Studio. The in-car thermometer reading? Which is, hopefully, it's reading the temperature outside it of is, the car. It is, but it's giving me... It, I never wanted a, car, a thermometer that tells me it's 90 degrees in the car. Well, I've, I've had those vehicles. Ninety-eight was the reading on the drive over oh, here. It, it 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 lessened it lessened into the into the low nineties. Yeah, but, but that, it was I think because it was sitting in the sun. It was near the pavement. Yeah. So right. and they and they actually just repaved near my place. So I mean, we're they really some, have. And, yeah. now, and now they're painting the turn, the the, the turn markers. Got some of that. Yes, yellow line. Got some of that yesterday, right in front of my uh, right in front of my drive. I got some of that right on my tire. That's right. Without, without giving too much location. Uh, in, oh, in, there are plenty of places that's going on. That's, that's that true. That doesn't give an exact location of where you are. I can, I can be plenty vague about it. All right, so you can get the speed you need with super fast business internet when you switch to WOW. Visit wowforbusiness.com. Like Bill said, we're in the WOW business studio. Our number one of the drive is uh, brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn. There we go. That that saves me a text uh, on South College. And KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn where you're always number one, and the number to get you through to the drive because they also sponsor our hotline. The number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840. That's 334-564-1840. You can text us on the drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. We'd love for you to join in anything you want to talk about sports-wise. As I said, Bill, Dan, and Drew, Jason Caldwell from inside the Auburn Tigers, AUTigers.com, making his way into the studio right now. So he's here with us. you have any uh, questions for Jason, I mean, it is a... Um, it, it's a, as we've said for the last few weeks, busier than normal time of year. Baseball going on, Auburn getting... Uh, a win. They took care of business last night up at Sanford. Spotted them a couple. Uh, Sanford scored the first and the last runs, but Auburn scored the most runs all in between, and they win it eight to four. Uh, and they now get ready to head to Lexington, Kentucky, for the final regular season weekend um, as they look to solidify their their spot in the 
SEC tournament and in the postseason. I and, mean, Auburn's in the postseason without question. It's just, you know, they, there's still some work to be taken care of. And we talk about the team, you know, from, from up close on a, on a day-by-day basis. But looking at it from, you know, if you try to take a, a bird's-eye view of, of the situation, the, the Auburn team that is in contention to be a regional host or even a super regional host in the postseason this year, I mean, that's one of the more surprising developments in college baseball this year. I don't know of how many folks had Auburn. Uh, where, no, where, wasn't Auburn picked at the bottom of the SEC West? Yes. And with that, yeah, and with yeah. that we'll no, welcome in Jason Caldwell. Nobody. Nobody yeah. other than the guys in the in that locker room. Tim Hudson, maybe. Um, nobody had this Auburn team where they are right now. Um, and much of it has to do with the season before. Um, sure. Oh, sure. Never mind. You know, you look at it, and, and you know, you go, you lose the pitchers last year. You know that they, they really derailed the season. But you look, and you also you're replacing Ron Bliss, Judd Ward, Rankin Woley, um, Tyler Miller. Um, who else am I missing? Uh, somebody, you know. Uh, so I mean, you're you're missing some some important. Did you say Cody? P- yeah, but I'm talking about other than the new pitchers. Uh, about just offensively, pitchers. Oh, okay. yeah, you're, sure. a, you're a team that that was really good offensively last year. You're having to replace all them, and to me, the, the, the still the most amazing thing about this is if you poll the Auburn coaching staff and players and say, "Give me the four guys that are going to be hitting in the middle of this lineup," Sonny Deshera would have been one. The Brooke, other, I think Brooks would have would have. Been pegged to be somewhere between three. Also and six. receiving I, votes. I, I'll probably two. I, but 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 Bryson Ware, Ryan Dahl, right, Cam Hill, all three would have been guys that would have been. Oh, you're right about in the that. middle of the order. They've gotten zero, basically zero from offensively in SEC play. Mm-hmm. It's it's been pretty remarkable to see. It's been a little bit of you know somebody different every day um, that steps up and, and does something. Nate LaRue's a guy that's that stepped up. Russ Carlson starting to to kind of feel a little bit more. Seeing him, obviously Blake Rambush uh, continues to swing a bat well. They've they've done it really, you know, the last three weeks um, with Sonny Deshera not really doing a whole yeah, lot other than some some solo home solo home runs. That's been pretty much it. That's uh, true. I mean, uh, Sonny will be with us by the way today at four thirty for our uh, weekly Tiger takes. Unavailable a little later on. So so Jason will be here with us when we talk to Sonny in just a little while. Uh, Jason, I just yeah, yeah, feel free feel free to chime in on the on the Sonny interview, by the way. Yeah, yeah. F- fifteen well, minutes I, I, with Sonny. Absolutely. They you know, they they had a, a charter flight today, so they'll be on the ground and, and be able to get to practice and do those things and get a feel for a you know, for what Auburn will be a brand new ballpark for them. So that'll be a big deal. I'd like to know from both of you, we, we talk a lot about the pitching and we talk a lot about the hitting on this team. We don't talk as much about the defense, but it feels like run prevention is is part of the reason this team was able to overachieve relative to what folks thought this team was going to be. And, and you know, when you have, I mean, yes, you have some pitchers who can overpower and and get strikeouts in big moments, but... At times, the pitching staff has relied on this defense uh, to hold its own. And, and generally speaking, how would you describe uh, the Auburn baseball defense this year and the role that plays in this team's record? Yeah, above average. Um, I mean, they're 15th nationally, I think, defensively. And there's a lot of teams that play baseball. And you look at, at having you know, Brody Moore at short, Cason Howell at second, and now Nate LaRue behind the plate. That's where you've you got to be strong in the middle. And you know that's where it's been for this team. I mean, 
you know, you look right now and they've, they've had to, I mean, your, your starting outfield is neither one of the guys that are in your corner outfielders were guys that were projected to be there beginning of the season. I mean, you're playing Mason Land now in left field, Bobby Pearson right field. Those weren't guys that you were counting on to be outfielders for this team. At the beginning of the year, it was Ryan Dow was in left and Bryson Ware was in right. That was, that was your outfield. Um, you know, Ron Dow was catching one of the days he was in the outfield a couple of days. But you look at, and, you know, Blake Rambush done a really good job at, at third. You know, Cole Foster is, is out right now, but you got a guy like Garrett Farquhar that can step in and play some defense for you. Sonny's been a, a solid defensive first baseman as well. So, yeah, it's been one of the keys for this team. And, you know, just kind of continuing to develop depth in the bullpen. Um, you know, throwing strikes, you know, it didn't hurt them as much last night, but last night was one of those where you look up and too many free bases, some some hit batters, all these things going on, and um, Sanford had a bunch of runners on that, that didn't score. And but they've been able to avoid that for the most part this season, and that's been one of the keys for them. And you know, winning these non-conference games, the depth on the mound, you know, these Tuesday night, Wednesday night games where they're not having to go deep into their weekend guys, still getting enough pitching to to win these games. Is you look up now and. You know, not one. There's no one single non-conference game that's important during the during the run of a season. But when you do what Auburn did as a collective whole in the non-conference, then it becomes really important, and then that's what we're seeing right now. Jay, excuse me, Jason Caldwell from inside the Auburn Tigers. I'm getting all choked up talking about it. Jason. I was just fine. Hold on. Somebody else say something. All right. For a so, minute. so as you know, as no, it's just it, as as we were saying, you know, it doesn't seem like the defense is as big of a headline. It's also in general, baseball defense isn't super flashy or something that that gets notice unless you're, you know, Ozzie Smith. Well, or, or unless or it's bad. Yeah. Unless yeah, it's or, bad. Yeah. It's or, like or a, the it's opposite. Like, it's like playing offensive line in football. It is. You, you don't get noticed unless you do something wrong. It's like pizza. Right, it's got to be. It's either got to be great, or it's got to be. Or you're, yeah, there's no in between. Or you got to be sending it back. So. Yes, uh, <laughs> but no, you're. It's it's been, you know, something that they they pride themselves on, and I mean, you hear Butch Thompson. He talks about it. You know, you know, dominate the routine play, dominate the routine play, and and it's that's over and over again. That's that's mm-hmm. the goal for this team. You know, pitch, um, dominate the routine play, and, and timely hitting. That's how you win baseball games. That's what this team has done. They're not overpowering folks. If you line up one to twenty-seven, one to thirty, right now, this team against the the rest of the teams in the SEC, and just go, okay, what's the draft status for teams? Auburn's not going to finish in the top half of this league, in my opinion, in terms of just you know overall talent. Um, but they they do it collectively and and do it enough to to go out there and and you know really compete with everybody they've played all season long. Jason, uh, yeah, sorry about that. I, I apologize, everybody. I, I took a breath. I don't know if I caught a gnat or whatever, but I mean, uh, um, the medic, the medic, the medic staff is cleared. Bill's back. Bill's yeah, well, go. I mean, we jumped right into it. I mean, didn't really even introduce Jason or anything. He walked in. We just threw a question to him. But while we're talking baseball, what does Auburn? What do you think Auburn needs? I saw D one baseball had today Auburn projected as the fifth national seed. I mean, those things seem to fluctuate like crazy. Uh, so, so what do you think? I mean, I've said if they win the series and and win a game in the SEC tournament, it's going to be I, – I think they'll have a very good argument for, for being a top eight seed. Yeah, I think I think if you win two games this weekend and, and you're 17 because the teams you're going to play in the SEC tournament, mm-hmm. that, that RPI is still going to be really high. 
Um, I, I think I think two wins this weekend. You're hosting the first region, no no matter what, in my opinion. So you're going to be a region host, no matter what, if you win two this weekend. Um, borderline, yeah, de- maybe depending on the SEC tournament a little bit, what happens mm-hmm. as a national seed, right. but but you will be right there in contention. Some of that may too depend on what a Texas A&M does, what an Arkansas does down the stretch, maybe even what a Vanderbilt does down the stretch. You're not going to see the SEC get four national seeds. That's that's right. going to be the issue here. Is you may be battling Arkansas, Texas A and M for one of those spots. Tennessee's going to be one. Yeah. What was crazy was that uh, Texas A and M I think was nine and Arkansas was like thirteen yeah. or or something like that so in D one. Th- that's why this weekend will be we you know important to see what happens. Obviously. Auburn Auburn was the was the was well at five they were yeah. the second highest seed. Yeah, that, and the highest RPI to right. those three at the moment. Um, you look at Texas A and M and you go. I just I just worry about yeah that's A and M's going to Ole Miss. That'll be a that'll be a pretty big RPI right game there. for them this weekend. If they go win a series there, they would have won seven series in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be a team that will be a host if they go that win there, and will be really in line in my opinion to be potentially a national host. So that's why for Auburn, you, you, you can't you know there's no chances to be taken. But read the first the first things first. If if you go win two. Then you would be a a top four seed in the SEC tournament. You would have a bye on Tuesday, and and you would have done one of the first things that you set out to do this year, which is hey, get to Wednesday. Don't have to play on Tuesday. Double elimination, no play in game, none of those things. You win two this weekend. That's a that's a done. It's a done deal. So. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That's the Kia of Auburn hotline. Bill, Dan, Jason, Drew at the controls here in the Wow Business Studio. We'll get to our first break of the afternoon. Again, a reminder uh, that Sonny Deshare are going to be joining us after the four thirty break for our regular Tiger Takes visit with him. So stick with us. We're just underway here on the Wednesday Drive. Time to churn up some more yardage on the drive. Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Bill, Dan, Jason Caldwell from inside the Auburn Tigers, AUTigers.com, here on the Wednesday edition. We'd love for you to join in, 334-321-1390. Anything on your mind sports-wise? Well, Jason, since we last spoke on the air, Auburn football has added a commitment, and um, Auburn didn't quite get that uh, big piece that they wanted to get in basketball, but, but uh, you know, we talked a little bit about that. Y- you were saying... Um, Auburn doesn't have to fill that last spot in basketball. Like your thoughts on that, and then of course uh, Craig McDonald, the the football addition there at safety from Iowa State. Yeah, you know, big big physical safety. I think that's that's kind of what they were they were looking for. They were looking for somebody to be an enforcer at that safety spot with with no smoke Monday back. And you know, he's a guy that he told me um, talked to him actually Saturday evening after he, he announced his commitment. Uh-huh. He was you know. And, uh, he told me he's six two two ten, which is you know big physical guy um, that could be a box safety, could come up and run support, do those things, and he's got some experience, obviously playing in the, in, in the Big Twelve. So um, I think when you start looking at Auburn, 
you know, once again, they, they continue to be able to add some pieces on the defensive side of the ball. They, they've been able to do that. Uh, the tough, the tough spot right now is, is trying to find that edge defensive line spot. That's, you know, because those are, those, those positions are so in need. And for they everybody. know it and they want to play. Yes. They want to get on the <laughs> field. And, 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 you know, you're, you're trying to add somebody to give you, an extra guy, mm-hmm. and and these guys are going okay. But look, we got two guys that that started coming back. Um, that's it's a tough it's a tough sale. It's it's the reason why, you know, they they made a run at a couple of of transfer offensive linemen, and the same it was the same thing. People are like, well, you got all these guys back that started games. That's a different situation. So, um, you know, for them, obviously, you look and they've added some pieces. Um, would like to add a few more. Um, you know, if if you could find the right guys out there, obviously on the defensive line. Whether it's an edge, which there's not a lot of right now, uh, if you don't have, find an edge, then then you've got to have probably another extra body on that in, interior defensive line because you're going to be playing more of those guys than you did last year in in a normal in a normal rotation. It feels unima- why, it ahead. feels unimaginable to not add. I mean, I know. I mean, maybe maybe they even have to. I mean, I I don't know. I'm in no position to give advice about what they what they need to do, but it just seems like. Unless they feel like they've got a contributor or two as a walk-on, maybe, that we don't know about. Where, at Edge? At how, edge? How did, well, Dan, you you give me the pitch to somebody who's looking know, for playing time that, well, what that if they should come to Auburn over a place where they could go and they don't have two starters ahead of them. Well, in that case, would you need to be somebody's only SEC offer or somebody's only well, I, bowl subdivision you, offer in that case? Well, I mean, I, is I that, think, how, is that, that how you do it? And, well, that, and that's the, that's, therein lies the rub. Right. I mean, do, do you, you take a guy like that? Do you want somebody who may not be better than one of your walk-ons? That's yeah. what I mean. That, no, yeah. that's, that's where I'm – because, again, in no position to, right. but to, I, to and solve it. Yeah, and I, and I think that's, where I, that's kind of what I'm talking about, too, mm-hmm. is that here's the thing. You take a guy like that to play two at the same time to give you a, a fourth or fifth guy – or are you better off playing Colby Wooden opposite Derek Hall and playing two big guys right. in the middle? Yeah, I, I, I'm going to keep Colby Wooden, Marcus Harris on, on the, the field, field as much as possible. <laughs> can, can Joko Willis occasionally be one of those two guys if it's a third down situation or a pass? I, I, just, situ- I mean, I, I mean, just, it could be. He just he's you know, at 210 pounds. Yeah, I, Powell I, Gordon seems to be at least Powell, better size. Yeah, Powell, Powell, Cam Riley. Probably is Craig, Craig McDonald's bigger than Joko Willis, isn't he? Yeah, and probably similar size, yeah, okay. build, I mean, different build. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they said Smoke Monday on occasion. Yeah, you, no, you no, wonder no, if there no, could be. Yeah, but it's well, the different. Than not, a, you're, not, yeah, you're not. You're, right. you're not playing edge. That that's the thing I tried to to explain to folks is like, yeah, the, you can get pass rush out of those guys, but to line up at that position and beat an offensive tackle is a mm-hmm. different. It's a different skill set altogether. You, you don't want to have to start getting creative because of a lack of numbers at a position. You'd like to be able to be creative because you want to be creative and you feel comfortable about a lot of different options you yeah. have. Yeah. You don't want to have to get creative to cover up a glaring weakness. Yeah. And not that edge is a glaring weakness because Auburn feels good about it's, it's just it's starters, but well, and and it could become a glaring weakness. Oh, if somebody goes down if a if a player or two you becomes right. unavailable. You get one. I mean, you get right. one, and all one. of a sudden, then you're looking at two two scholarship players. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of those, you know, the first first three guys gets hurt. It's it's what I was talking about when you just if you just throw the board out there and you go, man, they got some pretty good depth on the defensive line. But when you, you when you say okay, three of those guys are going to play at the same time. 
then all of a sudden the the number changes and and all the, you start going okay there's not as much depth when you've got to substitute three at a time as opposed to just two like they did last year. Uh, you you mentioned uh, if you don't get an edge then you probably need another interior defensive lineman Marcus Joseph in this past weekend. Uh, what what do you think yeah, about Auburn's possibilities? I, I think there? Auburn is is in the mix there. Um, you know for him obviously the, the Memphis transfer. Um, again you start looking at at. You know some some possibilities. I think that's a guy that's that's a you know now a possibility when you start talking about you know some of this. Uh, Auburn you know recently offered a you know junior college twenty twenty two junior college defensive lineman um, kid that that played with Marquise Burks. He's from mm-hmm. Chicago. That's now a possibility too, and it's really interesting because somebody said. How, how does it happen? What's, what's that kid's name? Is, yeah, is, is that uh, uh, Lewis? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. and 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 it, you, you look and. I think there's the junior college classes have been put on hold because of the transfer market. Once you realize, okay, maybe you're not getting this guy, you're not getting this guy. Now all of a sudden those guys become in play, whereas they probably would have been snatched up in February normally. Now people are going, well, I'd rather have a transfer first. But you may you may get a steal out of a guy like this. He's been getting offer after offer after offer, six three two ninety five. So there, there's still going to be possibilities, and and that's the thing is is there's some junior college possibilities for kids that have kind of waited because they they fell behind the transfer list as well. Get, getting back to to Bill's question, you know, how do you, how do you win a recruiting battle? You know, at at a position like edge when you feel great about your starters, it's like no, well, well, the, yes, there, there are a couple different ways, but no, I was I was simply saying it may, maybe you're not in a position to win battles for players that that others the other schools your your competitors really want in that situation because they're not looking they, they they can offer playing time and and you can't in that situation you might have to be someone's like we were saying only offer you might have to get creative yeah, that, that's, that that's point, why i think but there's you, risk you there's better, risk you better that know too. that they're better than the guys you already have on your roster and since we're since we're talking about it let's let's ask let's ask jason about craig mcdonald because that's somebody who you know auburn picked up a commitment over the weekend uh from the uh, from the incoming safety from Iowa State, uh, what, what sort of impact do you think he could make on, on this team, and, and what is he? What, what's Auburn getting? Yeah, I mean, he, like I said, he's a he's a physical box safety, and that's the thing. You know, you look and and for this team, um, you know, you got Zion Puckett, so I think a similar type player, but mm-hmm. Donovan Kaufman is is a smaller guy that that could be a nickel, can do some different things there as a coverage guy. And then you've got kids. Yeah, then, I mean, then, real then, inexperienced youngsters. Then it is youth across the board. Um, for this team, even a junior college transfer, Marquise Gilbert's a guy mm-hmm. that he came in in the spring, and you can see I mean, he's got got some work to do. Got he's got to catch up. I mean, Caleb Wooden, as a true freshman, was easily I thought the the second best guy because we didn't see much of Zion Puckett. Just in that short term, we saw. Um, so you look, and, and this is a guy with experience, and and you're right. That's that's the different that's the difference in trying to recruit for that position versus a position with a couple of starters coming back and. And so you look at it, and you know Auburn went after a guy like Odua Isabor, who ended up committing with to Cal, the UCLA transfer. Right. He he visited. That's that's the guy that you can get. Get you can get a guy with one year that potentially can go after a guy like that. The problem is everybody wants to start. He wanted to start. He told me he said I'm I don't want to be a placeholder. A guy that transfers as a redshirt freshman is transferring because he wants to start, mm-hmm. and it's hard to even get a guy like that to because to, you go well you you come in learn and you can be the guy next year. 
They don't want to wait till next year. Uh, or, 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 or you can or, be eligible or, anywhere. Or Nebraska That's says, hey, look, we need a starter. Mm-hmm. Come in. Okay, let's see. I'm going, and so that's that's the problem that you run into with the transfer market right now. Um, Unless you're able to to cherry pick, and we'll we'll talk a little bit. But you know, some news that came out today. I I I, I, I may have missed it. Yeah, the 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 25 man limit is is done at least for the next two years. I I, we'd heard that it was about to. I had not seen that. Um, That that can be good. That can here, be bad here, too. Here, yeah, you still got the eighty-five to deal with, but I think I think it only makes it even tougher for for schools because now the Alabamas and Georgias of the world are going to go. I'm going to cut this. That's guy. what I, I told Dan that the other day. Oh, Dan sure. was like, "Well, it, it's a great opportunity for everybody to catch up, but after the schools that can get yeah. who they want get a few Correct. more. Hey, hey, um, you process this guy, this guy, and this guy. We'll go sign six more, bring in those transfer. I mean, look at Alabama, Alabama." They've recruited as well as the mind the country, and they're bringing in five starters out of the transfer portal. Oh, certainly. No, I think it's it's absolutely not going to harm the superpowers that are doing well in the transfer portal right now. The places that are already an attractive option for folks mm-hmm. aren't going to be dissuaded uh, by this. It, it seemed like they, they needed to make a rule that allowed you to do something if you had a situation where 15, 20, 25... I mean, what if you lost forty scholarship yeah. players in in one off season? Well, like, yeah, I mean, so, I, I, so something. But good, little, good luck in I, finding. I, I, no, I, I think players. letter of the law, just like NIL, letter of the law. You go, man, that's a it's good, a good thing. idea. But it's going to be abused, and it's going to be abused by folks who go, okay, man, that guy's not as good as we thought he was. Um, we're going to tell him, look, you need to go find somewhere else to play. It seems to me, and I'd love your thoughts on this, that there are some coaches in college football who have really braced, you know, they've embraced the last two, three years of where the sport seems to be going or what's changed about it. And then there are a lot of other coaches that want to still wait and see uh, what's legal, what's allowed, you know, what's what's frowned upon, what isn't. But there, I mean, and, it, and it, it's reminiscent of college basketball too, right? <clears throat> there are some college basketball coaches that are, Welcoming a, you know, one and done culture in college basketball, and are you know are saying, all right, fine, you know, we'll 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 reload every year with the portal and the best high school players. Seems like there are some college football coaches that are also, uh, you know, re- really taking to to this to this world of uh, of of college football. Oh yeah, I mean, it's it's right now. You go, hey, you go do what you got to do. Um, Loyalty is out the window on both sides, and that's going to create a an atmosphere like we're seeing right now, which is everything's free agency. Go out and get some hired guns and see what you can do. And, and unfortunately, that's that's where this thing is trending really quickly. Wait until some teams disappoint after the season with the expectations that were built up because they brought in a lot of fancy players. Right. With, with no limit, they'll just dump a lot more players and see if they can get get some others back. It may, may not be the same coaches making those decisions. Eh. We'll see. All right, we need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Sonny Nashara joins us for Tiger Takes on the other side. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive. 
Up with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive, 27 minutes away from 5 o'clock. Here on the Wednesday edition of The Drive, Bill, Dan, Jason Caldwell here in the WOW Business Studio with Drew at the controls. And right now, uh, we're a little earlier than usual, but it's uh, time for our weekly Tiger Take segment brought to you by Auburn University Credit Union. And we're once again joined by Auburn first baseman, Sonny DeShara. Sonny, uh, appreciate you being able to have a little time with us. How are you doing today? Yes, sir. I'm doing well. How are you all? Oh, we're doing fine. I mean, uh, uh, n- nice, nice job of getting things taken care of last night. Man, it, it's been a very successful. You always worry. As a matter of fact, we saw a couple of teams in the SEC cancel midweek games last night because they were concerned with RPI. But uh, I'm, I'm sure you were glad to get that ball game in, go back to the old uh, stomping grounds, and, and get a win last night. Oh yeah, man, absolutely. It was it was a good time seeing those guys again and being able to beat them as well. So it was always fun going back to play them. Any anyone in particular from the uh, from the Sanford team or the coaching staff you were uh, you you were particularly glad to uh, to get to see again? Oh yeah, man, just to see my old roommates, Caden uh, Dreyer, Will David, Carson Eddy, Gene Hurst. I mean, you get to see some of those guys who I came in with and getting to just regroup with them and share the field with them again. And it was just always good seeing those guys. Sonny, hey man, it's Jason. Um, for how important is it to, you know, for for you, you're you're more familiar with the Hoover Met than than just about anybody on this team. Obviously, being from Hoover, you know, going to school there. But how important is it for the guys, you know, the younger guys on this team, even a guy like Blake Rambush, to to see it and to get a game in that place before you go there for the SEC tournament next week. Oh, man, I, I don't know if anybody's more familiar with that place than uh, me and Garrett Farquhar. I mean, Garrett played football every Friday night out there at Hoover, and I probably played around 15 to 20 games out there as well. And so just being comfortable with that field for me and Garrett is a big thing. But then also having the other guys getting the opportunity to see it, you know, the week before we go out there, I definitely think it played a huge part in just knowing how the field is going to play. Yeah, speaking of how the field plays, I mean, that's uh, that's not the easiest park to uh, to, to poke one out of. No, it's a big one. It's a big one, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's gotten a little smaller over the years. It used to be, John Orman. Oh, it did. Yeah, well, they they used to they used to put rope up. Remember, I mean, way back. Oh uh, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Sonny, when you, when you look at at this team now, as you guys head to to Kentucky, um, we talked to you know, I talked to I think you know, I talked to Nate last night. We talked to to Butch today, and the both of them talked about the the process and and. Not thinking about the score of the game, but but just kind of continuing to play. How much has that focus helped this team this season? Oh, I think it's helped out big time. Um, and we're just a, we're a group of talented guys who play really well together. And really, all we're focusing on is uh, just trying to score one more run than the other team, and just doing all the little things right. And so, when we focus on just doing all the little things right, everything plays out in the end. Well, want to look back on this past weekend? You got to experience the Auburn Alabama rivalry. Uh, as as an Auburn player for the uh, for the first time, and uh, Friday night, it was uh, 
It was uh, it was Brooks who who gets the uh, gets the double in, in the sixth inning. Uh, love to uh, love to get your thoughts on uh, on getting to see your uh, uh, your, your buddy uh, hit, hit, a, hit a hit a big one Friday to, uh, to to get Auburn the lead. Oh yeah, it's something I've seen a million times before over these past three years, man. If we was we were always looking for somebody to get that hit, and Brooks always kind of showed up, and <clears throat> he just stayed consistent with that throughout his college career, and especially getting to see him do it, man, it's awesome. It's just, it's fun to see. Uh, I, I know you have to put it behind you, but uh, man, spe- speaking of the series, how frustrating was it to to have the situation that we had there on Sunday? Bases loaded, and and one down. You got Bobby at the plate, and and you're you're that close. Of course, none of us. I mean, nobody that was there at the ballpark, I don't think, had any idea that the game was about. I mean, we were about to see no more pitches in that ball game. Fully expected to be able to play it again, but after the fact, it's got to really be frustrating to know you're that close to getting a sweep and another big SEC win. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, you think everybody there could look up in the sky and see it was a perfect day. Nothing was going on, and, you know, we're just in the middle of Bobby's at bat with the bases loaded, and, you know, you got you got these lightning and, and storm rules you got to follow, and you got to stick to them to keep everybody safe, and so it's just unfortunate timing there, but... You know, I think it, I think if actually if we would have finished that inning, you know, if we would have scored a run or whatnot, if we would have finished that inning, it would have been counted as a complete game. And so maybe just like five more minutes would have been a, would have oh, been yeah. good, but obviously it's frustrating. Yeah, going going back to to Brooks for a second, Sonny. You you like I said, you've seen him as much as anybody. Um, dealt with a thumb injury and, and kind of finding his his timing. Have you seen him be that old Brooks the last couple of weeks the way he's swinging the bat? Oh yeah, man. He's definitely getting back in that groove. He's uh, he just keeps talking about it too. He just keeps saying it each week how he's how he's seeing it better and how he's feeling better in the box. And last night he he hit one of the hardest singles I've seen him hit in a long time up the middle. And I think he's just starting to get his groove back. Well, it's fun to watch having him be that guy with with now having Rambush behind you and, and and Bobby doing his thing. How much can that add to the depth of this lineup? Because that's been a strength for you guys all year. Oh yeah, man. If if you know when we get Brooks getting back hot again, and you know Rambush, and then you know we can just roll through that order. And I think we're gonna, you know, once we get everybody just rolling, 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 it's gonna be fun to watch. It's gonna be fun to play for. Speaking of the order, I mean, uh, you've been there for a few games. Uh, how does it feel batting second? Have you done that much before? Well, I, I did it one time, one time in high school. It was actually when we played at the Met. We were playing, uh, it's like a high school exhibition game, and. And uh, I didn't. I think I was over four or four Ks, and so my my first remembrance of two hole is not good. But I I, I kind of like it, man. It's it's you know it's just one spot up from three, and it's it's not much different. So it, it's, it definitely takes me getting used to, but I like it. It like always it. it always felt so much different. I mean, to me, I mean, it felt like two guys supposed to be somebody usually that's hitting behind the runner and and doing things like that, and you start thinking, oh, from three on, those are the guys. That, that that can really drive the ball, but I mean the thing is, it's gonna it should get you more pitches, more at bats. Oh yeah, I, hope, I mean hopefully uh, you know some hopefully I can get up get up there and not be thinking about you know getting four straight balls and get a little bit more pitches thrown to me and be able to get more of a groove. And uh, I think with Ramish being behind me, that could help out a lot. How, how tough is that, and and how tough has that been to to sit up there? and Knowing that, hey, I'm only have one pitch to or hit in a bat, or or, yeah. or no pitches to hit, right. and to remain patient. Has that been kind of the the really the the thing for you this you know especially the second half of the season? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely tough. I mean, the good thing is I've kept my patience. And, you know, I'm just, like you said, I mean, getting that one or two pitches a game and not missing it, I mean, that's that's still tough to do at this level. And, um, I mean, it's definitely hard when you go up to the plate, you know, maybe three or four straight times and you don't really get a pitch to hit and then they go and come after you. And so that's something I'm really having to learn and work through right now. And just I think I'm – I think being in the two hole is going to help me out a good bit. And so just being able to work through that has definitely been a challenge I've had to overcome. Sonny, one of the reasons uh, that, that I think this team has, uh, has has overachieved relative to maybe what the expectations were uh, for, from outsiders coming into the season, I mean, on, on, we, we talk about the pitching and the hitting a lot, uh, but, but this this team is uh, one of the best defensive teams in the Southeastern Conference, according to uh, some of the advanced metrics, and you've had a, a bird's eye view. You know, you've had you've had an excellent look at the uh, at, at the way this defense has performed, especially in the infield all year. What what can you say about the uh, about, about the defense that uh, that your teammates have uh, have played this year? Oh yeah, man! The defense is just a huge, huge emphasis on what we do in practice every day, and you know we work really, really hard on it. And defenses, you know, can save a bunch of runs and win you a lot of games, like. I'm not sure the last runner that stole a base on Nate, you know, since last night when uh, Bortag stole on him. But just having Nate behind the plate, shutting the running game down, it allows us to have a, a lot more double play opportunities. And, you know, I think we just really slowed the game down and really taking it step by step, just trying to get it out no matter what we do. Kentucky this weekend, you guys, I guess you guys are there, right? Um, yes, sir, we are in the hotel uh, now. So uh, just, just talk a little bit about... What what you know about them and and the approach? I mean, it's been it's been really solid. That's one of the things Butch has talked about. You know, just uh, the the continued approach. You guys, uh, I know there've been ups and downs, but the ability to to anytime something doesn't go well, to be able to continue has been something I think that's really been a strong point of this team. Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, this team had the whole world against them. You know, we all had the whole world against us coming into the season, and we kind of. You know, we kind of saw that as a target on our back and just kind of wanted to prove people wrong. And we just put our nose down, we play hard, and we just try to do the little things right. And, you know, it's paying off for us, and hopefully we put ourselves in a good position. So hopefully we can take our best this weekend and be back at the plane next weekend. Or not next weekend, you know, but for regionals. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, the, the next week, of course, will be the, the SEC tournament. You guys with a, with a great shot. That's one of the things. Yeah, what, what you got? Well, I'd, I'd like to know. We're going to ask you next week more about your, uh, your, 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 your experiences there at the, uh, at, at the Met. I know you've mentioned playing there before. Have you ever gone to the SEC tournament before? Did you go as a spectator, uh, you know, gro- growing oh. up in the area, anything like that? I never missed one until I got into college. I did not miss a single. I honestly don't think I missed a single day. Uh, I went every single game, every single day that I could. And I mean, I, I basically lived up there. Me and Garrett Farquhar, man, we were always, always rolling around in that place in the SEC tournament. That was something we always enjoyed doing. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, I mean, since you lived there, you, you had a better luck trying to find a parking place than just about or getting in, getting in and out. Than a lot of people that go up there, I'm telling you that that could be a nightmare. No, I, I was going to say um, one of the things that could be good. I mean, I, I know it's 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 going to be really tough to try to win the SEC West because of that lost ball game. But it also now uh, gives you a little bit of a pad for the teams behind you and puts you in pretty good shape to guarantee that first-round buy on Tuesday. I know you don't want to back in, but it's nice to have that padding as you go in there, knowing that if you uh, you win a couple, you can really help yourselves. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, obviously, nobody saw that, that Sunday game coming like that, and so... 
we still we still we still going to come up here and we try to take take care of business just to you know solidify that spot. And so nothing, still nothing's guaranteed yet. And so we still got to do some work up here. Sonny, we really appreciate. Oh yeah, oh, absolutely, Sonny. Really, really appreciate you spending some time with us. Did you have something else you wanted to? I was going to say taking taking these, these three games up here, one game at a time, and just looking at them, looking at them as each individual. Oh, absolutely, man. We really appreciate you spending a little time with us. Uh, you want to uh, let everybody know how they can follow you? Yes, sir. Y'all can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Sonny Deshera. No spaces. All right, Sonny, appreciate it. Best of luck this weekend, and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk again soon. Thank you, guys. Sonny Deshera joining us. Tiger Takes, proudly presented by Auburn University Credit Union. Finance with family. Visit myaucu.org to learn more. We'll get to our final break of hour number one. Love for you to join in on the Kia of Auburn hotline, 334-321-1390, as we continue here on the Wednesday Drive. Hello, everybody. This is Brandon McCurdy, loan officer at Auburn University Credit Union. AUCU is proud to present Tiger Takes at 530 every Wednesday on The Drive at ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika sports leader Bill and Dan will be chatting with Auburn University's first baseman, Sonny Deshera, getting his insights regarding Auburn baseball. That's Wednesdays at 530 on The Drive for Tiger Takes, presented by Auburn University Credit Union. Finance with family. Visit myaucu.org to learn more. Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final segment of hour number one. Our final segment with Jason Caldwell. Uh, Jason, uh, let's see. We, I don't think we've really touched on uh, basketball. We just sort of mentioned it in passing. Uh, Julian Phillips heading to Tennessee. Um, I know you'd said Auburn may not fill that last spot. How are you feeling now? Yeah, I think it may depend on what Alan Flanagan does. Um, Alan Flanagan could decide, hey, I want to make a run. He's played a pretty good camp uh, in these NBA camps he's done. He could decide, he hey, he wasn't you know, invited to combine. Yeah, yeah, and so you know, it may depend on what he does. If he, if Alan Flanagan returns, and and you've got twelve star, you've got twelve scholarship guys. I think that's where they'll be. I think they'll stay at twelve. You got Leor Berman, a guy that that you feel good about playing. We saw him last year be a be a key role, a guy that can be a shooter, do some of those things. So, right, you know, unless unless you you pop up and you go, hey, here's here's the unless one of the a best guy, something percent shooter Correct. that's just. Said, this, I'm ready. Yeah, room? and so I I don't think you actively go out going. We got to go sign somebody, or we're going to be. I don't in think trouble. there's any rush. Yeah, correct. And so I think that's where they are right now. All right, and then to uh, back to the football transfer portal. Um, it, you know, every day players are making decisions, and it makes sense because we're getting either it's it's the start of summer school for some others, or you know would be entering a little later. But I think both schools and players would like to have the guys on campus working out with some of the other guys. Do you think, uh, I mean, is, is there still possibility for, for more? I, I, obviously, Auburn's been pursuing yeah, I, some I, other spots. You mentioned edge, I mean receiver. I think edge, receiver, um, defensive line. Um, I think those are positions that you still continue to look at going forward. And, 
you know, depending on what what this thing happens, if 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 this thing goes into effect now, or if it if it waits till till next year, you know, and you can just go fill up to, to eighty five, no matter the number. That's the thing right now is the issue for Auburn is that they've got numbers under the eighty five, yeah, but it's the, seventy seven is what it, I've got. But it's the twenty five number that right. you start taking away from next year's class, and mm-hmm. and you do that with all the people that you have to replace. And you get stuck again on the backside. And, but if well, you don't take now. Now you're not taking away from the twenty. That well, you, you're we, taking away from your total to eighty five. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is you only had they've they've taken now two transfers. I think they only have one more spot in this year's initial in this twenty five class to sign before they start using next year's class. I, how yeah. so? How will that work if you have no limit? For so, next year? so that's the thing. So now, now you're you can just you could sign as many as you wanted to because it doesn't matter. You just you try to you just worry about eighty five. And so, um, so you think about all the all the guys they lose could potentially lose in terms of the seniors. All oh, those they, guys they've got a lot of guys. Yeah, that could you could be have gone. a you could have a massive class, mm-hmm. you know, for Auburn next year, depending on how many you have. Especially if you have a, you know you don't have to go dip into that well next year. You know, what, getting back to Alan Flanagan, I know that was a while ago, but the uh, the Alan Flanagan uh, w- one of the things I thought was really interesting from the one of the developments I thought was really interesting from the G League Elite Camp was that Alan Flanagan finished of everyone there. I think his his three three quarter sprint uh they they measured everybody in various you know like the nfl combine they measured people mm-hmm. you know doing different jumping and sprinting exercises he had the third fastest sprint of everyone there and you remember this is a guy coming off pretty serious achilles achilles injury less than a year ago um you know I, i'm still optimistic that if alan flanagan decides to play college basketball for another year you could get a player more closely resembling the guy uh, that Auburn saw the first few years of his career than the guy who was recovering from that very serious injury throughout the season last year. Yeah, I think you get a better player. I think you get a better player than than we saw as a sophomore. Not discussed enough the possibility that he could be. Yeah, I a, think a better player. Yeah, because because I think he he will. He's a guy that was obviously much more experienced. He had to do and 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 do different things last year that his body wouldn't allow him to do at times. I think you learn from that. You learn how to maximize the things you need to do physically, but I think maybe more important mentally, the mental side of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, you know, shooting wise, I think he'll, you know, he he's by the end of that sophomore season, he was shooting ball pretty good. It never came back last year. Now you're a full year removed. It's almost like I, I compare it to, to Tommy John surgery. It's almost like a, a pitcher that first year. You may have your fastball. But you don't know where it's going, and right. you don't have control, and you don't know you can't feel your breaking ball. That's what I saw from Alan Flanagan last year. Running, though, and even even like you could see him get up every once in a while, do those things. But the trust wasn't there. The trust in his game wasn't there. And there you go. Okay, a year removed from that. All of a sudden, all those things come back, and you go, "Okay, now I'm a little bit better than I was." Well, forget about the injured, the injured tendon, or or uh, you know whatever else you know need, needed to be repaired. I mean, how how long was he? It's just a, a, yeah, away it's from the, the time game. off. That's exactly, it. and that's the thing. It's 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 that part of it. It's not the physical side of it as much as the the lack of playing the the inner squads, the pickup games, all the things that guys do all year in basketball. You play all year long, and when you take. Six seven months away. That's that's a big deal. Tevin Brown also very impressive uh, measurements in the uh, in in the the NBA the G League Elite Combine. Uh, Jason, we've got uh, just about a minute or so. Let everybody know as we as they can probably tell. I mean, there's an awful lot going on. Didn't even mention softball. 
uh, which which of course uh, gets gets underway I, up at Clemson. I, I think the Louisiana. I think the toughest three seed draw of anybody in the country um, is what Auburn faces, in my opinion. I think this Louisiana team's really good. Mm-hmm. I think it's the toughest draw of any two seed in the country, but uh, but that comes with the territory of. You probably have as as winnable a series at Clemson as anybody with a one. Um, it's a program that's only a couple of years old. That's crazy, isn't it? Um, yeah. You know, and and you look at and they got they got an elite pitcher defender that that you'll probably see. But you know, for this Auburn team, it, can you can you get by Louisiana first? That's going to be the goal. I mean, they're forty five and eleven. <clears throat> I think they got seven or eight players that have eight or nine home runs and they got three different pitchers that have 140 plus strikeouts so they'll they'll throw some different arms they got some power and we've seen Auburn Louisiana before mm-hmm. um in a battle one royal the, one of the craziest games battle ever. royal super yeah. regional so yeah i think it is going to be a challenge for them up at Clemson but if we can get by the first one you got a shot to to make a little noise all right jason uh, let everybody know where they can uh, get all that info i mean Recruiting is also going on. We went an hour without talking really about yeah. traditional uh, recruiting. Absolutely. Everything going on. You can check us out at AUTigers.com, AuburnUndercover.com, and can also follow me on Twitter at ITATJason. All right, Jason. Thanks, man. Have a great rest yep, of the week. Y'all too. All right. We are halfway done here on the Wednesday Drive. Bill and Dan back with you. Come on in and join us here on the Wednesday Drive. W294AR Auburn, WGCCHD3 Waverly, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader, ESPN 1067, a broadcast service of Auburn Network Incorporated. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in to hour number two of the Wednesday Drive. Hope everybody doing well. Our thanks to Jason Caldwell for being with us in hour number one. It's Bill, Dan, and Drew, the regular crew, here in hour number two. Oh, I'm just rhyming away here, aren't I? In the WOW Business Studio. That's right. You can get the speed you need with super fast business internet when you switch to WOW. Visit wowforbusiness.com. We can uh, just put a little beat to it and... uh, no, no, we no, we won't do that. Hour number two of the drive because I had Drew, Crew, two, all going there. Through, that's right. Uh, hour number two you. is brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care, with locations in Auburn and Opelika. On the web at orthoclinic.com. and we welcome your calls, questions, comments. On the Kia of Auburn hotline, Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one, and the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box presented 
by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also present the podcast. And, yes, uh, they do. Missed hour number one. Catch the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Just search for The Drive with Bill Cameron. You can also uh, use uh, aunetwork.com and go to the podcast center. Lots of different ways to hear the show. Uh, Jason was great. We also had our interview with Sonny Deshera in hour number one, courtesy of uh, Tiger Takes. Yeah, we doubled it up there in hour number one. Actually, I mean, the team uh, flying into Lexington, they're going to practice in a little while. So he had to be with us early. So if you missed that, if you're uh, tuning in and, and uh, expecting to hear Sonny with us this hour, well, I mean, there's still the possibility we might rerun it, but uh, but you can always go back and check it on the podcast. And uh, and yeah, so so lots of different ways to catch the podcast, and we will upload that as soon as the show is over. Drew does a great job keeping the podcast up to date among his many responsibilities uh, there at the uh, at the control board. Bill, uh, we we talked about the uh, the uh, getting rid of the twenty five uh, yes, scholarship that, that, limit. That, that is the, a that is a big of, deal. That is a very big change and as had been expected it is a temporary change for the next two academic years but it really as jason was saying it can affect people right now as long as you're under 85 you can go ahead and add because what teams would have to do in the past is you could you could go ahead and and borrow or take some scholarships from next year's 25 but if there is no 25 limit as long as you're under 85 you've got room to continue adding players i don't know that there are that many players left to add and it now at least it's not an encouragement to players to jump into the transfer portal to be eligible somewhere else this fall and, and i think a, a point you should expand on because I, I i think you're right uh, but it's something people aren't thinking about when they think about getting rid of the 25-person limit uh, for, for a scholarship class. You think this is going to increase the number of kids that are driven off by coaches uh, at, at superpowers, right? Because they're going to want uh, to, to, to oh, take players from the portal instead. You absolutely call, you process, yeah. you weed out, And what, what would you say to whatever. people say that that's already happening? You would say it's going it to... Is, it is, but now there's the opportunity to add more. And I, I know that... There's not supposed to be any recruiting of players already at other schools, but you know that's going on. Maybe not directly from personnel at on on well, campus you, somewhere thing. else have, or in an athletic department, but there are people who are making sure that the top athletes at school X realize that, oh, there's an opportunity, or you could make more, or, you know, they, they've got a a track record of producing NFL players at your position at this other school, which is going to encourage more players to jump into the portal. Yeah, players are allowed to use Google, uh, right? yeah. even, even if they're yeah, not. They, the tr- they, 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 can, they can access the Internet. They're allowed, yeah, they're allowed to use the Internet. But no, and, and I believe, I haven't, I haven't actually read the story, I'm going to admit, but, but ESPN.com has a piece about the Boston College receiver who chose to come back to Boston College instead of going to the portal, and he was apparently offered something in the neighborhood of mid-six-figure deals to pick. Like, he... he I believe uh, th- this was an NIL agent that, you know, mm-hmm. he, he didn't, uh, I don't know if he actually went into the portal or not, but his NIL agent sort of went around and heard, you know, what what he could potentially get 
at yeah, different yeah, places. Yeah, which is legal. Which, which is not tampering. No. And is, you know, the clear distinction there. And apparently, yeah, he, uh, he decided to stay at Boston College and finish his degree and, and, and not uproot, uh, you know, his, his life for, I, for that amount of money. I'm, I'm assuming he still could make a little bit there, though. He could still tap into some of that at Boston College. Sure. Well, I, th- I, I can't imagine the NIL. Yeah. I can't imagine the NIL agent went home empty handed after no. doing all of that, after doing all of that legwork, Bill. So, so, but, but yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking. I'm concerned because, as Jason said, the initial thought is, well, this is great. If you lose a large number of players, you won't have to be that terribly under the 85. But, no, I think I think it'll do two things. I think it will encourage some of these schools that see a way to, in, uh, to up their talent mm-hmm. by um, strongly encouraging players to find other opportunities. And it will also uh, encourage players who hadn't really thought of that to jump into the portal and 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 head you know to those uh, more marquee spots. It, it seems like it could be Bill, and I'd I'd love to know your reaction. It seems like it could be uh, if if you think of your college football program as a destination for the best players or a place that should be a destination for the best players. Maybe a development like this helps you uh, position yourself to get those players. If not, you're going to have to work even harder to keep your players from leaving. Right. Players you've developed, you've found uh, from from staying, you're going to have to figure out a way to keep them in your program and and keep them from leaving for what may seem. And again, there's a gamble. I mean, even I mean, you think about Drayshawn Miller, right? Like just a, a mm-hmm. name to, to toss out there of somebody who I think folks thought was a known a known quantity. He was as highly tra- touted uh, a transfer addition as Auburn had. So there's remember there's risk on both sides right. here. I mean, you know, it's not it's not always a greener pasture, and and I suppose NIL makes it a little bit more of a guarantee because you can get some money even if the 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 on field uh, thing doesn't doesn't necessarily go your way, but. Still, it's uh, uh no, it's it, there's a risk, and you know, for the smaller programs or the programs that see themselves as you know, places that have to, uh, you know, that have to work a little harder to find talent on the recruiting trail, it's going to be even harder to keep those players in the fold, and and you're going to have to figure out ways to uh, uh, ways to do it. Yeah, and I guess one one thing I have to draw on. It's funny because um, I, I see, I read, I hear people. Uh, sort of back and forth with the, well, I'm old school and I can't believe this, that are just aghast at NIL and the transfer portal. And then, um, but, but I can recall, uh, I'm, uh, I understand the way it is. It's the way it's going to be. But something that a lot of, of folks don't have any, um, they, they weren't around when there were no limits on scholarships. If you think this is only going to benefit those schools that might lose a lot of players, uh, have someone who was around back in the day of unlimited scholarships tell you about how it was when when Alabama and Coach Bryant were recruiting everybody for a couple of reasons. One, because they could, and two, to keep other people from recruiting those players. This, this so seems- don't think that that's not... 
something like that isn't going to go on again. And and maybe there should be an attachment as far as, well, you can add this many players if this many players leave your program. But even then, as you said, Bill, that'll just lead to culling. Run, run like more I, off. Like, I can see why the NCAA would want a, you know, if you have a situation in place, if you have a, a, a catastrophic season, and at the end of the season the coach leaves and half the roster leaves, I can see why the NCAA would want measurements in place not handcuffing the new coach and making it a, a you know a less than desirable destination for the you know what I mean like for for the new coach you don't want them hamstrung by well you can only add this many players even though you lost fifty players right oh no no I understand the, no that but, that's that's perfectly understandable but it seems like any rule that helps that coach in that catastrophic situation could also be used to help superpowers reload year after year after think, year without think, being held back by the twenty five. Think about the guys program. in the past. Uh, there, there have been quite a few situations where a player really wanted to go to one school, but that school then ran tight on scholarships. Or that school, you know, when schools have to say, well, we're only taking one at this position, they don't have to do that anymore. And, I, and, and again, I'm not saying Auburn uh, um, is a school that only benefited when, when other schools ran out of spots. But there have been some really good players that wanted to go to one school that didn't have a spot there, couldn't be guaranteed a spot there because of scholarship limitations that then wound up at another school, had great careers, and then loved that school and became great ambassadors for that school. That's going to cut out some of those players that you would that you might be battling the either their their home state school or the school they grew up dreaming of going to but just didn't have a spot. Now that school can go Oh yeah, come on. What's we, the history? Got a, we, we, we're we're under the eighty-five. What's the history of the twenty-five scholarship limit? When was do, like is, is that something that's been around back, for a? No, 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 no. It it came in back in either the seventies, okay. I think. Uh, it was unlimited. Then it went to thirty. Then it dropped to twenty-five because the scholarship limitation was uh, was like thirty and a hundred, and it dropped to uh, the twenty uh, twenty-five eighty-five. Do you think there should be a different number? Do you think it should be like a? I mean, it shouldn't uh, be twenty five. It should be it should be thirty or thirty five again. Or do you? Do you no, think I think I think twenty five is fine because I mean, when when you're talking about if you have any players who are you know if if you sign twenty five players in a year, you're already counting on fifteen you, attrition. Would you be okay with twenty five? Four years. If you have any fifty or seniors, you're going to go over. Would you Would you be okay with twenty five with extenuating circumstances for a first year coach inheriting a team with a lot of space or something like that? Like. Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, how, I don't know how you can do it to really make it. The only way you're, you you can't do it unless you start having a draft. What about? I mean, you just can't well, do it. Allowing allowing a coach to go over the twenty five in their first two years in in this if they inherit well, so a roster. So you come in and you go, I want to run off half the team so I can sign more the first two years. Sure, but that's at least not. But at least that's not yeah, your. But at I'm least that's not the super. That. You know what I mean? At least that's not the superpower reloading year after year with I the. I'm, I'm, with I don't the, know that I'm. I don't know that I'm crazy about that. We'd love your thoughts. Brian Harson wouldn't have minded it. Well, no, I mean, well, a lot of coaches that come in, they, they want to set, they want to create the culture and have people that buy in, and they're going to have, I mean, they're going to have more people leave. We've, we've seen Look at Tennessee. Right. I was going to say, we've seen a couple of situations where, I mean, there has been, you know, a, a lot of players leaving, and you just wonder, maybe we haven't seen the worst of that situation where, where there could be a, a huge, you know, a huge exodus of players, more so than Auburn or Tennessee or Arizona State has absorbed right. in the, uh, you know, in, in one season. In See, I mean, you've, you've got the transfer portal 
on top of coaching changes now. Coaching changes have, have almost always resulted in larger exoduses. Is it exoduses? Exodi? Is that the Exodi? I was wondering about that as I said it. Um, I, I think exoduses. I think that's probably right. I think that's, but anyway, coaching changes generally result in more players leaving than you normally have. And you add the transfer portal and the, the immediate eligibility, and yes, you're going to have bigger numbers. What the NCAA is hoping that in a couple of years, things just start to level out. And they'll get back to scholarship limitations if they're still at NCAA in a couple of years. Let's get to the phone before we get to our first break. And Matt is on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Hey, Matt. Hey, guys. Um, maybe a solution to the NIL problem that we witnessed. And I don't know how big of a problem it is currently, but it seems like it may get a pro- get to be more of a, a bigger problem if uh, there are these pools of money from donors to uh, incentivize players to come is uh, make them employees, but not employees of the school, employees of the conference. Just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on that. Would, would that work, or would there be any uh, roadblocks to that? You know, it's, that's similar, Dan, to what you'd been saying. Dan has been uh, espousing for a while that the, the conference pay the players, and then there could be some limitations they're well, built in by the conference. Well, my question, my my question about that was, and again, there's there's so many legal ramifications there that that I'm not prepared to discuss in in detail. I don't know, but it seems like if one of the concerns about the legality of a school paying a college athlete would be, well, it's not legal for a school to pay college football players and men's basketball players without paying all of the other athletes as well. If there's a a Title IX or a fairness, or you know, if there's if there's an issue there i would wonder if the same would legally apply to a conference because the conference has the money coming in from the television revenue and i wonder if they would be beholden to the same laws of well they i wonder if a conference would be allowed to pay uh football players and men's basketball players a certain rate based on the revenue without being legally obligated to pay all of the other athletes in the conference the same amount or anything at all in, in that I, I don't know uh, but i wonder well, that if that, prompts, i wonder if that, that would be prompts, i wonder if that, if that would be a way that prompts an interesting question now because the sec is private now now do private institutions like samford or the university of miami have to abide by title nine they're private or do they have to abide by title nine as well that's a very good yeah, question. You know, I, 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 I do not know I, the answer. I feel to that. like private. Do they, univer- do they I, not get? They, they get no federal funding see, at all. I wonder if private universities are still getting federal funding for stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if there's you know student loan money. Uh, you know, on, on on other things too. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I wonder if there's. And it feels like, feels like private universities that participate in the NCAA are still following. Title Nine and and because and such, the SEC is not public, they're private, aren't they? Yeah, I wonder if it'd be, but I wonder if it's still you know. I, I I don't know the the answer to that is there's 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 a uh, but but I wonder if the SEC simply as the as the middleman holding a lot of the uh, you know controlling a lot of the the purse strings or at least handling the money between the networks and the and the schools if if they could be a potential source I know the Pac-12 is considered that too as as a you know maybe the Pac-12 could be uh, could could be a you know a, a source of revenue uh, for, for for the players directly. All right, thanks guys. Appreciate the call, Matt. That's uh, that, that's really interesting. I mean, um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I'm just an unfrozen people cake, are try- man, People are trying to, yeah, people are trying to figure ways to sort you're, of. 
you know, put some guidelines in. All right, so we Your world confuses me. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh all right, so we Phil mentioned Harbor, Phil was great. We we mentioned the yes he was. We mentioned the dropping of the twenty five initial scholarship limit for the next couple of years. Something that uh, I, I see a link to. This has been out for two weeks. Huh? The American Football Coaches Association has proposed two transfer portal windows. But how did I miss that? Apparently on May 4th, the uh, American Football Coaches Association proposed two transfer windows for the transfer portal this is when players could sign. How would we? How how'd we do in the in the windows? We're that, yeah. we're we're not far off. We're not far. The first would open on the last Sunday in November, and close the first day of the early signing period, or five days after a team's final game, whichever comes last. That's final, a very short re- window. Regular season game? It says final game. I don't know. But the you early, that, the could, early signing period ge- the early signing period is generally the middle of December. Do you think that could include bowl games? I, I don't know. Okay. Whichever comes so first. Longer, longer window if it includes bowl games. Yes. I mean, then, then you're talking about all the whole month of December. But whichever comes first. Oh, okay. So, so still probably I'm, a couple weeks. I'm thinking it's right at two weeks. Right at two weeks. And right, it's, right and at it's the end of November. The last Sunday in November till the middle of December. And that's because maybe they don't want. Yeah, because teams. That's have a what lot, we were lot talking to, about. Lot, got we a lot were, going on in December. We were talking about let them sign in December. And you don't want it to run through the holidays. Window two opens April fifteenth, closes May first. Tail end of the spring semester. That's right. Not not the exact not necessarily the end of the spring semester. No, but it's a lot of places will still have classes in May. Toward the end, if not at the end, and most of spring and most places aren't doing spring practice anymore after May. No, most places are done before May first. So then you would have two boy. Just think of the thousands of players yeah. in the transfer portal that then would be able to sign one group in December. To be able to enroll in January, another in mid to late April to be able to uh, be in for the, the summer. The first day. And, that's, and those are the time frames that we've been all around that. The first day and the last day of those two windows are like huge television events, right? You're I mean, not the, first, the first day and the last, the last day are when Sunday you can, in November. April 15th. Yes, tax day. You could put what? I mean, you, you could probably ESPN could probably stick a three hour window of a guy in a in, you know a guy in a conference no guy, guy in a in, in a uh, you know a control room just going to do we're going to go live to different places where guys oh, are yes. going to sign and and you know for it seems like you could have that kind of activity which you don't have right now because uh, you know it's it's. You know, the word I keep coming back to is orderly. Like, it does seem like what you need right now is a little bit more organization within the portal. Not to, not to try to dissuade players from leaving, not to try to keep players at their current school, but just make it to where it's, it's more clear. All right. Uh, and, you know, and that where, first window. Go and, and when? The first window goes from the last Sunday in November to either the early signing date or five days after the bowl game. Whichever comes first. So that means if you're, uh, well, I'm, unless you're playing in a really, really early bowl game, 
It's going to go from the last Sunday of November until that early signing day. All right, we'll get to our first break of hour number two. Love for you to join in your thoughts as we continue here on the Wednesday Drive. You're live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 106.7. And online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. All right, we're trying to understand the meaning of this proposal from the American Football Coaches Association. It has to be for signing because it just says portal movement. Well, that means movement means from one place, from from one one uh, spot to another. So that would be the decision to go somewhere else it seems like entering the portal should be allowed at almost any time sure, if the you make year. up your mind you want to leave why should you have to wait until the last sunday to, in november to, to say so to us at least as we've yes. discussed it seems like the most effective use of windows in the portal would be these are Signing. windows these are windows where maybe a window for official visits and that's probably the window now, i where, guess i guess you can visit you, you'd be able to visit at times when anyone can visit. Upon entering the portal, you can visit with any, with any other Well, recruit. I mean, there'd probably be... Okay. You'd probably go by regular recruiting windows. Okay, that's fine, for, so for visits. when anyone can visit, when any... Yeah, then, then players could visit, whether they're coming from high school, junior college, or other college. And then the question is, well, what happens if you... The, the windows would be when you're allowed to sign. Right. And what happens to a player who's in the transfer portal who hasn't signed anywhere after the second window that's, closes? That's a great question. And and I think it's interesting that the second window ends May 1st. And May Propo- 1st... Yeah, the proposed second window. Yeah. May 1st has been the deadline date for players to be in the portal to be eligible for the following fall. So I would assume that's dangerous, but I would assume that means if you have not signed by May 1st with another school, then you have three options. One, to hopefully return to the school that you were transferring from. Two, to transfer down a level to be eligible. Or three, Sit out a year if you're transferring at the same level. You could, yeah, you could try to transfer. You could find a team that would want you, knowing that you're ineligible for a year well, as well. Probably, you, if, depending on how good you are, there. But there are going to be more players that are disappointed than if, schools who would a, go. Oh, I'll take a guy as a redshirt. But if you're if you're in the portal for both for both periods and still looking for a home, well, may, yeah, maybe, for both periods. But there may be some that don't right. go in the portal until after a bowl game. But there, there could still be options other than return to the school. And and there's also the you know the question of would, would the, the that would probably force a lot more players into the portal sooner I think so too. than going through spring and then deciding. Because if you waited until your team finished spring practice, there may be only a week left. You don't have time to make any visits. Uh, you're, you're basically hoping somebody wants you in the next few days. And it would settle things for the most part as at the end of the spring semester and allow coaches to focus yes. on other things throughout the summer and prepare for the upcoming season. So You'd have none of what we've seen going on the last two and a half weeks. Well, you would have seen these players sign sooner, presumably. Yeah, but like, I, I mean, mean you wouldn't be seeing all this. You know, there wouldn't be anything happening from May 1st on except for 
preparation for summer and fall. Oh no, and you I mean to think that Jordan Addison, the Bolitnikoff winner, is is in the portal right now. You know, right. hear, hearing offers and taking visits. You know, before he decides where he's going to go play. So, I mean, there's, uh, yeah, that that would that would change the timeline certainly, and try to try to move this up in the in the in the calendar so that you're not dealing with it with just. I mean. Just a few weeks before media days. I mean, when you when you really think about it, mm-hmm. and I mean the the season starts just a few weeks uh, after that. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We'd love your thoughts. What do you think of these proposed windows? Does I, I think? Hey, I, I'm fine. I, I think there needs to be some time frames. I think it would uh, it would just it, it would make make more sense. If there were a frame, a, a time when, all right, here's when, here's when you can make up your mind. You can decide to leave any time, but you have to make that decision at a certain time. Some, I, I like, I like that. Some great stuff. If you missed our number one, some great stuff from Jason about uh, where Auburn recruiting is at the moment. Big month coming up, right, Bill? I mean, he oh, mentioned no, him. no question about it. A lot, lot of really important visits lined up for June. And, and now, and, and I wonder how everybody's going to approach it now. Will you have bigger camps? Now that now that there is no twenty five initial scholarship limit, hmm, don't know. Uh, we're heading into the bottom of the hour break. A half an hour left. Plenty of time for you to join in. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Get you through here on the Wednesday drive. On ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final 25 minutes here on this Wednesday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Drew at the controls here in the WOW Business Studio. And let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline. And Keith is up next. Hey, Keith. Hey. Um, yeah, Monday I called in um, and uh, said that if they, the guys get paid by NIL, that they should lose their uh, transfer portal rights. And it just seems right. But uh, your guest said that, you know, that. The coaches can leave at any time, but, you know, they're under contract. So uh, I'm just wondering, uh, are these guys that are on the NIL deal, or what kind of contracts are they under? Generally, it is, um, I mean, I don't, I haven't really read them, but from what I understand, uh, they're generally tied to 
um, deals that are made while they are attending and performing for a school. Yeah, I would think if you're a student athlete with a team-specific deal, now it could be different if you've signed something national, if you're a, a superstar with a deal with you know, a, a shoe company or a soda company or something. But I would think if, you're, if you've got something regional, if you've got something sort of tied to uh, that, that's why you chose this team was to get this mm-hmm. deal, I would think that there's protection on both sides if you want to switch schools where you, you know, the, the, the folks... Uh, paying you to choose one school wouldn't be obligated to still choose, you know, no. pay you that money if you if you, if if you decide to go play for a different school after the fact after a after a year or something. I think there I think there's still protection, so nobody's getting you know outright cheated in these uh, in, in in these situations. Right, like the talk about the uh, the quarterback that uh, headed to Tennessee that there was talk of uh, possible. Um, you know, millions of dollars that would be per year while he is there. Now, now, if you're paying a kid a whole bunch of money to pick your school, and after a year he picks a different school, and you say, "Hey, I'd like some of that money back," you know, it better be you better spread it, it out. It, it you better, better be, you better think about it, spreading it, it out over multiple years. There better yes. be something in the contract. I remember that Eric Dickerson story when uh, with the SMU deal, right? He said that uh, you know Texas and Texas A and M offered to pay him more money. And and one of them gave him a truck, and he still went to SMU. <laughs> I always I always thought that's what you should do if you're a great if you're a great athlete that's getting offers, is take stuff from every place except the place you go. There's a um, there's a story in Jerry Tarkanian's book about when he was uh, when he was when he was at Long Beach State. He was recruiting a a player in Los Angeles, and, and that player was uh, was on the verge of committing. And he, uh, the, the player's mother needed to see a dentist, and I guess the money was tight in the household, and and so he told his coach, his future coach Jerry Tar- Tarkanian, hey, uh, you, you know, my, my mom needs a dentist, and Jerry called a dentist he knew in the Los Angeles area and set up an appointment, and and told told the kid about it, and and the kid, uh, uh, when the kid found out that, that Jerry had made a dentist appointment, he said, no, it's okay, USC already sent a dentist over to our house. <laughs> to uh to, to see to see my mom and uh, that's that's when Jerry realized he maybe needed to move on from Long Beach State to somewhere where he would be able to uh to compete on a more even uh, even kill and that's that's also from the late sixties right that, that story is is a reminder too of what's uh what's been going on you know under the table uh you know to to regard in, in college athletics for uh. Uh, for for a while, but but no, I, I would imagine for for sponsorships and above board things, there are there are protections mm-hmm. on both sides right. if uh, if things go south. Right. Um, another rule that I would like to see put in place on that would be that no player could get a deal that pays more than their lowest paid assistant coach or on the field coach, and that would uh you know put pressure on them to pay the coaches better, and it is just just doesn't seem right for a player coming out of high school to make more than a coach. Although, I mean, they're they're in professional sports, that's the norm for players to to get more than the coaches. But no, I understand it. It just how you ever do find a way to go about you know coming up with some kind of scale. For the uh, for, for the athletes is is what yeah, I, mean, I, I just don't see how they they do that. I mean, as 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 uncomfortable as it as it makes some folks, and I I see where you're coming from, Keith. You know, I I just I'm I'm nervous about putting roadblocks in and saying, well, you can't make this much because of something relatively artificial. If there's if there's someone who wants to pay it, right? Like if there's a you know if there's an organization that thinks uh, you know uh, uh, Cooper Manning's son 
is Arch, you yeah. know is is the is the is the difference between being an, an also ran and being in in the college football playoff you know I, you know I guess it's it's tough to it's tough to step in from the outside and say hey you can't 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 pay him can't pay him that much I, I, I don't know you'll I, find somebody who will pay him whether whether it's okay yeah, I mean, or not I, I see but I see where you're coming from because I I do I do think guidelines that that don't make this thing anti-competitive are are the best thing for the sport well, it'll be easier to tell them to hit the road if they, you know, if they're getting paid and they don't perform or don't act right. So, you know, that's a good thing, I guess. But uh, I don't know. It's a it's a crazy uh, deal, and uh, you know, they uh, people are saying that have been saying that Auburn uh, boosters and alum and people uh, tamper with our program, and uh, but you know when you start paying money and people know you're paying money it just seems like you know that uh pushes more tampering and ownership or whatever and uh you know it just don't say it sounds oh like it's not thing, it's but, uh, certainly not a way to root money out of the sport no no by by any means no it's not a you know they're not trying to steer it uh steer it away good good stuff keith appreciate the phone call three right, yeah thanks for the call three three four three two one thirteen ninety and anthony is up next hey anthony hey gentlemen how you guys doing today doing fine well, we're talking about it again. I remember last week, I think we touched upon it a little bit about money and how it was spread around and who got what. But the way I see this thing now, if the playing field is, is even a level where everybody has opportunity to sign, now, I mean, as long as they, the rules are the same for everybody. Now, you may get signed and you may not, but as long as the opportunity is there, then, uh, hey, if somebody want to sign you, say, I'm going to give you $5 million, I got a tire company, and uh, you're going to be the poster person, a poster child, a player, a uh, Represent my tires, and I'm gonna pay you five million, or whether it be a year, or even the course of the three years that you're gonna be at school, or whatever. If they want to give the guy the money, hey, let him go ahead and get the money. It's up to him what he do with it. And if there's nobody else gets anything, then that just be what it be. I mean, as long as it's the same opportunities there for everybody. But I'm gonna tell you this: the only way to get this thing in control is go back to like the old days. And I know Bill know what I'm talking about when I say this. ABC had one game at 2.30. The Fighting Irish was on uh, NBC at daytime when they had the home games, and that was it. There was no more football to be seen. Get te- you get rid of television? That's how you get the money out right. of it? That, that, that's why Rick Flair and, and the NWA was so popular and the Grand Ole Opry and the Hee Haw back in those days. Because <laughs> you right. only had one football oh, game. Super, that's all super you, Saturday you night, baby, on the Superstation. Well, that's before, I'm talking before the Superstation. Oh, wow, okay. 70s. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about in the 70s when I was a kid. Yeah, it was only Channel ABC, 17 ABC, back ABC, then. <laughs> ABC with uh, Keith Jackson and, and, of course, the Fighting Irish had their game. There's only two games you can watch. Then once you got to the early 80s, then Ted Turner had a game. So you had three games at, at that point. And then as Bo Jackson and that crowd came in, uh, ESPN yeah, starts showing. Yeah, I don't. Start, I think that well, there's some people at ESPN Plus that aren't crazy about this yeah, idea at all. I, I doubt that would happen. But no, Anthony, you're right. I mean, um, now now that the the door has been opened and possibilities are there, yeah, there's that. That's what I'm saying. That I don't see any way that you limit this unless unless the government were to well, do those, something. Those I mean, huge, there's just no way. Those huge checks the conference distributes to its member institutions. Right? 40-something you know, million those, dollars those checks, per yeah. team a per big, year. You know, the, the business end of that money is coming from is coming from broadcast networks for rights. It's but coming I, from... I Go ahead, and then I want to add something. Well, no, that's just, I mean, so that so you're right. I mean, that's 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 where that's where the huge money's coming from. I don't know if that's going to change. In fact, I think if anything, uh, th- those those numbers are only getting bigger. But I tell you, what I would like to see though. I would like to see these guys. Uh, they know they're gonna get this money. 
stop majoring in criminal justice, which I ain't knocking on criminal justice. Stop majoring in stupid majors. Be a business major. You're gonna be somebody. You're gonna command a uh, five million or two yep, million. You're right. How many that you're gonna get over the course of this time? You need to be a business major, account or finance or whatever it is in that business school. Where you can handle this money, where you can invest this money and take care of this money, because if you don't graduate or either if a pro career don't follow this, then you won't have to be broke. You won't have to be uh, looking for a job you don't want. You're going to be in a position to take that money, invest that money, and run your own business or do something just to fill around for insurance. I'm never going to... I'm, and I'm, not, I'm not, I'm, you know, Anthony. I'm never, I'm never going to tell anybody what to major in, but I'm also, I'm pro financial literacy, and I think we, we all are here at the station. So, I mean, yeah, no, that, that's, right. I think that that's solid advice. Uh, no matter what yeah. you choose, no matter what you choose to study in college. Well, I'm just saying, if you're gonna got all that coming, then uh, unless you're gonna be a doctor or a lawyer, okay, that's great. But I'm just saying, yeah, either be, be a either be a business major or hire one. Yeah, <laughs> understand. Yeah, try to understand. <laughs> If you're going to be dealing with money, appreciate maybe it, what to do good, with it. Good stuff. Good idea. Appreciate it, Anthony. And uh, let's get one more before we get to our final break of the afternoon. And Slack is up next. Hey, Slack. What's up, guys? Hey, man. Good, good to hear from you, Slack. I wonder why the people that are making the most money are getting left off, left off the hook. Why are the ESPNs, why is the SCC networks and all these people that are making billions getting left off the hook of not paying. I think that's where the money needs to come from. Well, that's, you know, that's sort and of I, my idea agree, behind I the comp. Yeah, that, that's sort of I my, agree. well, I think the SEC. It's yeah, fun. I was going to say ESPN's paying. They're, they're yeah. paying serious yeah, money to the SEC. That's, that's sort of where, you know, when, no, when I'm I, talking yeah. about for the NIL deal. Oh, so you're, you're, you're wondering. Exactly. Well, if, if, if ESPN, uh, so that's that's almost suggesting right. that, that what, what ESPN hmm. go ahead. Go well, ahead. That's, I'm I'm trying to think how that would work. Like college to make to make college athletes almost employees of the conference that are then paid by the conference for their appearances on the network. I guess would be well, a they way. Are they, they, well, they are. I mean. You're to, absolutely yeah, to make, right. To make paid appearances on on the network. I mean, that's so sort why, of why aren't they? What, why why that's isn't the question yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I guess that calls into that calls into like that's that's that gets back to the question of amateurism, right? Like that's sort of why why they're not, why they're not getting paid for their appearances during during games on on the networks, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's Incre- well, increase it's increase no, it's increasingly flimsy. No, I yeah. know what you mean, and I do. I mean, I, I do think something. You you would imagine we were sort of talking about this with you know if you made nil yes. if you, if you made if you made a a transfer portal decision day a big television event in theory. Right. Those athletes would be allowed to pay, be paid for that appearance, right? You know, by by exactly. the networks and things, things like that are more allowed. And you wonder if you, they'll be more commonplace. But but no, I I agree with you, Slack. It seems like that's that's a source of a, a potential source of income for college athletes that that's not being explored too much at the moment. Is being directly paid by the. I, by the I wouldn't I wouldn't expect ESPN to pay more, but I don't think ESPN would would care. How the money is divvied up, whether it goes to the member institutions, all to the member institutions, or to the players of those member or institutions. A, or a percentage of it was going yeah. directly I'm to, to the that, players. I'm saying that's one of the ESPN might might pay a little more for the broadcast rights, but I don't think they would put up a big fight that the money goes to the players you, and not to the. Uh, you wonder if that's not, a, not to the uh, administration. You wonder if that's a war that's coming, right? Yeah, like you wonder if that's you wonder if that's a you know a fight that's that's going to happen someday. Uh, you know, that, that's the point I'm making. You know, 
if ESPN just say, okay, we're going to put $10 million in the pot each year to each institution that they're showing on television every year. You know, I don't I don't know where this NIL money is coming from, but I got an idea where it might be coming from. And I know they probably asking these people to put this money in this pot. They're going to need it every year to keep this pot going. But uh, that would actually help the situation if, you know, if they don't come to me and say, hey, Slack, we need $5 million each year from you. Where's the money? Why? Why isn't ESPN putting five million in the pot? I tell you, I tell you what, Slack. Wait for wait for one Power Five conference to do it, and then that, and then watch and watch the other four scramble to figure out how to do it too. Because I feel like you know you're you're onto something, and you do wonder if that's. I mean, aside from the fact that you would be diverting money that in theory would be directly going to the schools, and you'd be diverting it to the to the student athletes instead. Um, aside from that, I I think it, it's a it's a it's a plan that a lot, lot of folks would sign off on. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Seems, right. seems like it seems like a way to fund and for for a way to to provide more income for for student athletes across the board. Yeah. Well, now, do you think ESPN though is going to say, "All right, we have this we have this television deal, and now we're going to now we're expected to pay ten million dollars more per team." No, that's the thing for is the you, players. No, 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 no I think would, it's going to be maybe a little more than the existing amount of money, but it's going to be here. You you do with it what you should. But we're paying, and it would probably need X to be. Amount. It would probably need to be part of a larger renegotiation, right? right? I mean, it, and you but wonder if with with with. But it's not going to be. Oh, you get to keep the same amount, and we're going to now pay for all the players too. And with Texas and Oklahoma coming, there is a big renegotiation oh, happening yes. with with the SEC and 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 the uh, and, and ESPN, and a, a big check's coming. But you just wonder, yeah, if, if that's a that's that's maybe too too much change too soon. I don't know. We need to get to our final break of the afternoon. Stick with us as we wind it down here on the Wednesday Drive. Time to churn up some more yardage on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final few minutes of the Wednesday Drive. And let's get back to the Kia of Auburn hotline. And Tex is next. Hey, Tex. Hey, Tex. Hey, guys. Great to see you this weekend, Bill. Yeah, man. And visit with, and visit with Kathy and Matt. So it was. I got to see a lot of old faces and, and catch yeah. back up. Uh, emphasis on old with, with, with me. But, yeah, no. Well, not just you. Let's <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, see. Former, how about that? <laughs> a lot of people I haven't seen in a while. Right. So I've been I've been hearing all the finance talk and everything. Look, kids, go go do whatever you want to do. Uh, if you succeed and go to the NFL, call a quality financial advisor that's been in the business for twenty nine years. <laughs> and all you have to do is call Bill Cameron. He'll give you my number. That's right. And I will take care. I was going to say that that sounded yeah. like somebody who's done a commercial or two. Yeah. Any, any millionaires out well, there? You know, listening to you. <laughs> any future millionaire. Uh, so as you, as I look at this, I, I've seen all these proposals about leveling the playing field and everybody gets paid the same. That is the most un-American thing that there is. You get paid for your talent. Hopefully, yes. Yeah, hopefully you do. Yeah. The market, the market it, it, decides your value, right, Tex? That is correct. 
and trying to say everybody gets this flat number, I, I why even pay them then? Because what you're doing is devaluing the value of certain players. The best. You're right. The, the, pro- the problem is, Tex, the I, I, I don't, Tex, I think you're 100% right, but is there any way to divorce that from inducement of players going to certain schools, right? You know, is there, is there any way to separate that from, uh, well, well, you're gonna you're you're gonna get this money, but it, it's only if you choose a certain school. I mean, uh, well, on the in, in, trail. in in the real world, I know, no, in the I real know. world, should the companies that have the most money not be able to hire the best? I know. I just I wonder if that's if if that's something you know folks were were considering when they Dan, said you know. Dan, I got 29 years experience. My phone rings once a week, <laughs> offering money to change firms. <laughs> I I don't understand that because. Look, we've been paying to get them anyway. Now it's somewhat above board. Right. So, you know, if our university can pay somebody or has people who will put money up that are willing to put it toward NIL and do, but I also think that they should have to work for it and not just football. So they should be doing something along along the lines of Sonny DeShera. He's on the radio once a week, and he's sponsored by somebody. That's an advertisement for that firm. I think that they should. It should be some advertisement, uh, and a lot of a lot of it's tied on. to a lot of it's tied to social media. A lot of it's tied to make make inst- made yeah. sponsored posts on on whatever social media platform you use. Yeah, it shouldn't just and be performance tied related, right? Yeah, yeah. There is a lot of people uh, that make a lot of money that don't do social media. Just so you know, that they listen to advertisements, and there are people that listen to those radio ads that y'all run that will go there. That don't do social media. Certainly, do radio. Absolutely, it's it's, it's you know. So, it, it, I think it's the best way to advertise personally. Well, I I agree, and I love radio. That's why I listen every day. Yeah, we but appreciate my point it. Just is let these guys let them earn what they're worth, but make them do something for that money, other than play football. And I think that that's the way it should be. That, absolutely, yeah, that, that a pool of money together. And you get NIL money. I don't know where the name, image, and likeness takes place if it comes from a pool. It should be Texas, Texaco sponsoring this play. Promotional consideration, if you will. Correct. That's correct. I just think that's the way it ought to be. And I think we're crazy if we limit the earning potential because what you're doing is setting yourself up to be sued. Because when you open the door and say we can pay them, I was that door. I was wondering if the I was wondering if the antitrust word was 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 going to come up at at some point when you started talking about limiting the amount of money that, that players could make because that's that's some that's a threat uh, that, that's out there if, if you start if you start trying to pass those kind of rules. Yes, I agree. Hey, love it. It was a great weekend at Plains of Park. I know why you can't get get good college umpires. Because they're all in the stands at Placement Park. <laughs> all the good ones. Uh, <laughs> hey, te- text my a good point. Hey, text my folks. My, my folks say hi. By the way. All right, tell them say hello. All right, you guys take care. All right, thanks, Tex. Right. Fun right. show today. We appreciate all the calls. Our thanks to Jason Caldwell for being with us in hour number one. But we're out of time here on the Wednesday drive. Should talk to Justin Ferguson from the Looking Auburn Observer to tomorrow. Always a lot of fun to talk with uh, with, with, with Justin. Uh, So, yeah, join us if you have a chance. Hopefully so. But that's going to do it for the Wednesday Drive. Have a good one, everybody. We are out of here.